This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, guys, here we are again. Back in the studio. Another day, another podcast. No air conditioner in this one, guys. Let me know if you can hear the difference in the quality. We had a little better temps in here today, so uh, we went with no air conditioner to give you guys that 198% quality. We, we, we reach for 200% all the time. You okay. Know? You know, the last time we brought up percentage on this podcast, we got called out So because we didn't give the bush light enough. Yeah, percentage. I know. One of the listeners was like, yeah, Bush Light's like 86%. I understand. <laughs> I totally, I mean, you know, the last two weeks with the with the Last Breath Boys, the Bush Light is putting out a yeah. bunch of percentage. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for Bush Light to, to give us a sponsor. I'm, I'm it's, ready for that. It, it's time to contact yeah, them. Yeah, it's time to contact them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You know we like to have a good time. We had Josh Prophet on this episode. Uh, we, we had, Again? Yeah, we had so much 
fun and learned so much from him the last time. We had to have him come back on. Can I say something? Yeah. I really love how you just say learnt. Learnt? Learnt. Yeah. It's not learned. No. No, you didn't learn nothing. You learnt a bunch. You learned a bunch, Um, yeah. We're going to coin that going forward. Okay. All right. I'm glad. Learnt. If anybody says learned on this podcast going forward, they will be corrected to learnt. <laughs> Homie is the... The social media post corrector and my terrible <laughs> punctuation and spelling, if you guys haven't noticed that yet. Uh, but yeah, we had Josh on. We had to get more in detail with his camera knowledge. I don't even, I don't think we covered it all with him. Um, I don't, I don't. I mean, when you know so much about something like, I mean, just take like a, just a college professor to say the least, you know, and he just starts like on day one and you're as a student doing nothing about the whole subject. You're just like blown away. Yeah. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're mid semester, you're going home for Christmas break and you're like, well, I'm kind of getting what the hell he's saying, you know. And then this is the episode where you're coming back. You're for coming that. back. I mean, you know, you're getting your head wrapped around it and it's making a lot more you guys, sense. You guys had a couple of weeks to check out the Exodus and how do you how do you run seventy truck ups? Well I run Deer Lab. That makes perfect sense. You and two buddies are plugging all this into one username, yeah. you know. So we so, went in this we go into the detail of how he keeps track of all his cameras. We had a lot of uh, listeners message in like, Man, how does he do this? you know, and we covered a lot of those questions. We cover uh you know how he keeps his S card, SD card separate. What's the S- best SD card? Battery life, uh, flash range, a lot of things. When you're setting up those cameras going out, the this you know to get those velvet ruts, or maybe you already had them out a while and you want to switch them up. Um, stuff that's very easy to overlook. Yeah, stuff. That's I mean, e- yeah. You might you might have one camera, and um, you know the infrared is more powerful. Yeah, that's you, something you, I would have never thought. You don't yeah. realize it. But, you know, you should have swapped the lesser infrared, you know, and, my, and it might be just a lesser camera. Yeah. But so say, Dude. say, say my scenario, you know, I'm going to put a camera in the buck nest and a, and a camera in the bean field. Yeah. You know, I would have put my better camera in, in the, the buck field. nest. Yeah. No, sorry, in the buck. Yeah. In the buck nest because yeah. I want them better quality picks, yeah. you know, but I need that better quality camera for the bean field to get that better flash range. You need to get you know the better flash range out right. in the bean field. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's stuff that we cover in this episode. A lot of good detail. Just and, knowledge. He's full of knowledge. Yeah. Dude. And you do not want to miss the, the message at the end of this episode. I think it's a very solid message for the way that we're, we're, uh, we're flowing this podcast out in the way yep. that we like to do it, and a class act from Josh um, for coming on twice and and giving us this this info and having a, a dang good time. And uh, like I said, you don't want to miss the end of this episode. So let's get in uh, to our partners. Let's uh, start off with Ingrams. Um, you guys are still waiting for that video to come out, huh? <laughs> it's gonna be epic. He's he's been busy scouting his hunting land. Yeah, I believe. Um, getting stands hung and stuff. So, understand that. Um, th- at what point, you know, at what point is a tax service? That's where I would have a problem, you know? Yeah. Be like, man, I, yeah, I'm trying to hunt. I'm trying to get your deer done. And then he gets seven calls on October 31st because people, and then he's got to right. cape out seven bucks right then. Right. And get them in the freezer. <laughs> Ooh. Man, that's a tough one. You ain't hunting in the morning. No, man, you know, my, my old taxidermist, you know, he's a big hunter. I mean, he, he wouldn't shoot a deer unless it was 180 plus. And it took a while to get it back. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah, that's one thing Chris does. He's sacrificing a lot of hunting time to be able to get these mounts out. He is a, he is the working class. So we had him on episode nine or 11 Yeah, and he said he hunted twice last year. Yeah. He is putting in, he's working full time. He's on mandatory, what do you say, 60 hours? Yeah, mandatory 12s. Mandatory 12s. So he's doing 60 hours and still putting out mounts, you know, and he's trying to get to that full-time range right now, but he's just trying to push the envelope, and we're trying to help him get there. So He's he's in between, you know. He's he's small-time, you know, part-time right now, but he's very close, he said, to being full-time and... I mean, obviously, that's what he wants to do. Yep. You know, that's his passion and his love. I mean, obviously, by his name, you know, um, that'd be cool to see him just, you know, it'd be, it'd be weird, and you know, I, with everything like that. I mean, it takes balls, and I don't know if I'd be able to do it, but I hope he can, and I hope he has that steady business. Yeah. I because think he, I think he has the skill to definitely do it. He oh, just, he definitely has the skill. I'm not even questioning yeah, that. He just needs it. He, uh, you know, he's he's new to the taxidermy game, so he needs some people to go try his mounts and be like, yes, I'll, just perfect, perfect scenario right now. We could cover this. So uh, hung a new buck in the studio tonight, right? <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> so we we come out and uh, and I decide, you know what, I'm gonna hang another buck in the studio. We kind of got uh, a corner, and uh, we're, we got we're gonna have three in here for right now, and I'm gonna keep the rest inside. Homie's gonna keep his at home where they're safe. I might t- I might bring my bu- my first bow bud. Oh, here. I that'd don't be know. sweet. Yeah, bring it, well, bring it on. Yeah. But I mean, anyways, so so uh, hang the buck. I'm like, man, look at this mount, man. I'm like, it's only what? It's a uh, three, three years old. Three years old. Going on three years old. Mouse cracking, nose cracking, antlers are loose. Like <laughs> I mean, you could almost rattle. You could almost <laughs> break the antler off, and it's a three year mount. That's what a quality taxidermist does. Ingram's mounts over there, just two years old, just gleaming, dude. <laughs> Look Co- at that thing. Yeah, compared to my other mount over there, it's just gleaming. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. And that's what a quality mount does. I, I mean, even the shoulder definition is right is incredible. You I, know, I will say on your deer that's falling apart. Um, very good job to that taxidermist for dry preserve with detail yeah i mean it he's got some detail into it which is very hard with the dry preserve but homeboy that ingram did yeah man just beautiful yeah just clear, uh, clean is is clean mm-hmm. you just look at it and you think oh it makes me feel like sunflowers yeah it's you know just what i'm clean, saying it's just clean I mean? yeah it's clean very good job all right we'll i'm get... ready to, i'm ready to see one yeah let's get into to ECW calls. Um, I want to cover their duck calls. Or do you want to cover their slate slate combo? It's up to you. I'm not. I I don't know a, a lot about his duck calls. The only thing I know is is the whiskey barrel. The goose, or is it the duck? It's I believe duck. it's the duck. Yeah. So he has a very limited supply. I think it's fifty calls. Upon further review, because I think we've mentioned before it's like 150. It is 50 calls a year that are the Whiskey Barrel Jack Daniels call series. Each one is numbered, and each one is given to Jeff individually, and he makes duck calls out of these Whiskey Barrels from Jack Daniels. that's sick. And then he puts some whiskey shavings in there? Yes, so the leftover shavings, you know, say he's... 
you know, doing whatever he's doing with it. I don't know. That's science. beyond me. Yeah, science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to label that for a bunch of stuff on this podcast going <laughs> forward. Science. Um, Jeff puts the shavings left over from these barrels. Yeah, and you at, can smell the whiskey, man. Into the duck call. So when you get it and you open it up, there's these shavings in there, and it's a pretty good aroma from yeah, what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, in the in the case is made from the... The yes, whiskey barrels, everything, too. and I believe it's like interlaced, yeah. so like you can see the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, it, beautiful, it looks absolutely really beautiful. Good. So that's something and that he does that's super custom. One thing that is nice about it is we have heard these duck calls, we've heard these goose, call, we've heard every call he's got because we were at Elmwood yeah. live show with him, you know, and every every dude that goose call is yeah. just ripping. Mm-hmm. There's people just, we're trying to record a podcast. There's people just ripping on duck calls <laughs> right. over there. So, in the first the first day, you know, they're all, they're, everybody's all over the tricky calls. So, we're like, well, lunch break, we're going to go over there and check it out. And then, you know, then the, then at this, this point, yeah, then at this, this point, the rest is history. The beautiful connection made with a veteran known, veteran operated company. So, definitely check out his goose calls and his duck calls. And if you want to get in on the duck special, EmbryCustomWoodworking.com. Get your order. Right on our website, right? It is a link right on our website at WhitetailLegacyPodcast.com. Go there, click the link, take you right there. You get that custom uh, whiskey barrel duck call. I mean, you can't beat that. I don't know any any duck hunter that doesn't like whiskey. I mean, it's just like you got to go together. Duck blind whiskey, I mean, it's just like a thing. (laughs) Duck blind whiskey, bacon, sausage, it's just like a thing. I got to get in on one of these duck blind breakfasts. Yeah, I got to get in on that. Pretty good. All right, let's talk about the veteran. I want to say I was up in Winona, Minnesota. Went to Walmart up there. I was going to check out the veteran line. Went there, got all the broadheads out. Completely sold out of veterans already. Been in stores for a few weeks when I checked. Completely sold out. So, you guys, these are at Walmart now. And you do not want to miss them before before they're sold out. Because I guarantee you they're going to be flying off the shelves when people see this product and see the quality and the American made by a veteran-owned, veteran-operated company. So get out there, get your broadheads. Um, I mean, you got multiple purpose for them. Um, if you need to kill a big buck, they got you. Smoked. You need, you need to kill a forked horn, they got Smoked. you. Smoked. Kill a doe, they got you. Smoked. Kill a deer. Smoked. Shotgun a bush light. <laughs> Smoked. They got you. <laughs> they got you on all ends of the playing field. Uh, so we're going to move on for that and hit you with the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. This week on the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out, we have Tevin Robbins. He has five years served and still going strong of the Army 13B Field Artillery Section Chief. Um, his deployments were in Iraq and Afghanistan in 2017 and 2018. Um, Tevin, we appreciate your service, and uh, we hope you, that you can still keep going strong in that Army, bud. Heck yeah. Thank you, Kevin, for everything you do. From... Tevin. What? Tevin. Tevin. Oh, Tevin. Sorry, sorry. Tevin, yeah. Thanks for ca- catching me on that. Thank you, Tevin. That's a badass name, by the yes, way. Yes, for sure. I appreciate everything you do uh, from me, my family, and the White Tail Legacy crew. Um you're you're in the running to get the the pack of the veteran broadheads, so hopefully you can uh, hopefully you win. 
be able to send it through a bush of light can. <laughs> All right, guys, got to talk about ScentLock here. Uh, homie just got a big order in of their uh, products. Uh, mine's still on the way. Uh, I got my bag and suit and everything, but I haven't got any of the spray or the body wash. I'm going to kick it to Homie, and he's going to tell you guys about that stuff. Yep, so they uh, on their website, they have a setup to where you can buy um, your home kit, and that's got your laundry detergent, it's got your bar soap, it's got your uh, deodorant, and it's got your, did I say shampoo? I don't think you did. No, I don't think you did. Okay. So it's got all your liquids in there, um, and then it, you can um, also, they got their field spray. You can get just a regular um, spray bottle with it, or you can uh, get the spray bottle plus another gallon of field spray. So I went ahead and got the gallon. Hopefully that means I'm planning on hunting a lot this year. So. Yeah, you're going to have to burn it up, or right. it's just going to share with me probably. <laughs> that would probably end up happening. All right, yeah, don't forget our 15% off uh, code for ScentLock. That's good for all the spray, the suits, the Oz, everything. You can find that at whitetaillegacypodcast.com. Uh, copy it on the pay on the page there. Click the scent lock button um, on the bottom of the website. Take you right to their their website, and then you can use it there. All right, man. We've been having fun on in this intro, but Josh is bringing you some serious knowledge on on trail cams. Uh, this guy is a class act. Um, get your note pens ready and uh, enjoy this episode. What is a note pen? Your note and your pen. <laughs> Okay, all right, cool. Man, homie's had like nine bush lights. It's time to wrap this up, boys. All right, here we go. All right, guys, we're back with Josh Prophet. He was, uh, he was nice enough to come back on again and uh, finish this this episode out. Uh, we had that one, and we did, we did not cover the vast knowledge that this guy has on trail cameras and hunting uh, giant bucks on public, so... We can't we can't thank you enough for coming back on and spending more time in your life with the with the legacy boys. Man, I, I really do appreciate y'all guys having me on. I, I kind of feel like y'all are giving me a little too much credit, but <laughs> I, it's greatly appreciated. No, man, we love it that we we try to reach for those uh kind of unknown guys that are doing big things in a big way. And you like you like paint the picture in our in our in our, in our, in our mind of who we want on this podcast. You know, a guy that's doing something that a lot of people don't do, that's different, that is unique, and you're being super successful in the way that you do it. So, uh, I we you know we we're really glad to have you on because you uh you're going out hunting a lot different than other people do. And like me, I listened to the episode again just because I wanted to absorb the knowledge that was put out. You know, I listened to my own episode that I already listened to because I knew how good the info was. I wanted to get it back in my brain, you know. So when you do that, you know that you know that you're putting out something something full of knowledge. Oh man, I I appreciate it and I don't care who you are, you can learn something from everybody. I mean, you don't have to be mainstream or big time and own some big private farm and you know, shoot boomers every year. I mean, you can take something away from anybody. That's for sure. That's the way we think too, man. Everybody's got their own way of hunting, and if they're getting it done, we always say, man, if you're doing it, you do you and send it, and that's exactly what you're doing. So, uh, homie just bought a couple of Exodus. 
and uh, you bought the Trek, right? I did. I so did you, buy the Trek. You guys were you were talking up these Exodus so much. We went. We wanted to get some of these Exodus and try them out ourselves. So, uh, well, I know you've ran a lot of the Exodus, and uh, I'd like to just give a little uh, info about the Trek and how uh, you can make it the best possible camera that it can be. Well, the Trek, if I'm not mistaken, it has like a 55 foot detection zone and 50 no-glow LEDs. It's a pretty pretty simple camera to use, and it's the same housing as the Lift 2. Um, and I do own one, and I've checked it one time, and I, and the thing that I did notice about it um, is the slower trigger speed. And I wouldn't let that hinder you from buying something, any kind of camera with a slower trigger speed, especially the Trek, because... Um, what you can do is if your camera actually has a slower trigger speed um and say you put that camera on a trail what you need to do is you you need to angle that camera either up or down the trail you don't need to put it you know where the where the deer is literally going you're going to get a broadside picture of it so that way with your slower trigger speed if you angle it um, up or down the trail the deer has a longer time to to make the camera and you know more or less detect the object and take a picture yeah so you're saying you don't want to put it like where you get that side view you want to get it to where it has some time where the buck's either uh, yep. coming or going away yep yep and and i'm all about at least a three shot burst on pins on you know what you want to do with your battery life and how often you check them but if mine are on a trail Mine are on like three shot burst every five seconds, and they're and they are angled. I don't care what kind of trigger speed they have. Yeah, the three shot burst. I feel like you just get a lot more intel on a buck because he might be, you know, turning his head or something. You might be able to not see that left side, you know, in one pick, and the next you got it full frame. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about the video mode? Man, I don't run a lot of cameras on video mode, and um. I'm thinking about doing on a on a hybrid mode because Exodus offers that, um, but I just haven't. And the reason why I haven't is because I can't put that into I can't put that video into Deer Lab. Like I get that you can see so much more about the deer as far as the way his rack is, the way he scores, his body language, how aggressive he is. Um, you could maybe even hit, hit him from different angles to to tell how old he is, but I can't really use that in deer lab so it's just something that i've never really messed with and don't have a lot of experience with all right yeah the we've we talked to some people that love video and some people that are just pictures but i could see when you're running that deer lab how the intel that you get from those pictures are so much more valuable than than running a video uh right we're super stoked to get them the cameras out in the wood do you have any of them out yet homie no, not yeah, yet. No. Uh, yeah, we're stoked to get him out and and try him out. And you're gonna, I think he's gonna run 32 gigs and put one in the buck nest and just let her soak. So. Oh man! So the hopefully, yeah, the buck nest is a trademark of this podcast, man. It's a it's a good zone to be in. And uh, uh, he had what six or seven different bucks shooter bucks in daylight on camera last year uh, i mean it, it's getting far back in my memory a lot of bush lights been down um <laughs> I, I can't count it's been a lot of daylight activity i know that early october Man, early october daylight activity just off the chart so he's gonna put one in there and get some more intel on that property and uh 
I, I I think I'm excited to get that Exodus out and try it. And I, I the way you're talking and the picks that I have seen, I'm going to be blown away. And then we also got messages from people, you know, backing us up, backing you up on, you know, Exodus is it, man. They're sending us trail cam pictures on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and personal messages and saying, hey, you know, this guy wasn't joking. Here's some Exodus picks, man. I mean, they're putting out a quality product, so... We we couldn't we couldn't risk it and homie broke out the checkbook and bought a couple <laughs> just to try them out. So I mean, you made a believer out of us, right? The five year warranty says it all. I mean, who do you know that offers that? Yeah. And if their camera wasn't built to last sixty eight or seventy months, then they wouldn't stamp it with the five year no BS warranty. So I mean, I know that's like the- I said. Like I said in the last podcast, you would it's a no brainer not to buy one. Yeah, we that sold us, man. That five year warranty. I told homie, I said, think of how many trail cameras you've lost in the last five years of us combined. You know, and we started adding them up, and it was, it was an insane number of how many that have broken or got water damage or got insect damage or, or stolen right. or something. You know, and it it's just insane to me about how, how if you have that five years, you can uh, you can really really keep the camera numbers up yes and man if you really want to know how long your cameras last and this is something i started doing to back back in the day years ago to figure out which cameras really lasted which companies were the better ones the day that you put that camera on the tree for the very first time somewhere on that camera write the date that you started it up on the tree I put on my list, they all go on the bottom of the battery tray. That way, when that thing kicks the bucket, you can turn around and look at that thing and say, man, that thing didn't last six months, or that thing lasted a year, or that thing lasted two years. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. You can really see how long that that camera lasts. All right, so on the last episode, uh, we talked about, you know, you're running 70 trail cameras on public, and... Uh, we had a lot of people message in, like, how does this guy know where each trail camera is or what SD cards, you know, he's pulling and which one and batteries and just kind of go into, you know, how you set up, say right now you're going out for Velvet Rut and you're going to set up all the cameras and kind of get a feel out for your property. Okay. Well, one way to keep up with them, um, if you're running multiple cameras, multiple um, companies, I figured this out the hard way. Um, you cannot cross-reference your cards. You cannot mix them up. So I definitely don't recommend mixing your cards up, say, your Brownings and Stealth cameras because they all have different softwares, and those have a way of getting downloaded onto your SD cards, and that ends up screwing up cameras. Um, not taking pictures so what i do is when i ran uh, multiple different types of cameras you know like i said at one point in time i had browning stealth camera spy point one reconyx uh, I, I, I had a bunch and um so i i numbered every camera one through whatever i had one through 30 one through 40 and then i had two sd cards numbered with the with the camera so camera one had two sd cards with one on them and that was a good way for me to keep up with that and what i did is i bought one of those um it's kind of like a, a small 
uh, I don't know what you call it. I bought it at Walmart. Kind of put like a plastic lures in that you fish with, like a plastic tray. I see. Yeah. Yeah, and I just and I just the divided those cards up into it. They all had their own spot, and then you just close the top, and they and they never they never lost that their square. So you know they were all in numeric order one through thirty, and I would pop that container open, and then if I check camera five, um, I would pull the card five out, put it in my pack, and then I would pull card five out of my um little tackle holder that i kept my cards in and just slide it in and right then and there right then and there when i was at that camera if i put it out the very first time i would mark it on either hunt stand light this what i had at the time or on x and i would mark the location and the number of the camera and what camera it was and that that is how i never lost them and i always knew where they were and then as I, when I got home, I would, you know, if it was a new camera, I would just upload the information, drop the, the waypoint or the camera onto Deer Lab, and put in the information. So I had, I had backup. I had it on my phone, and then I had it on my computer of where the camera was and what, and what camera it was. Which app are you finding to be more accurate? Are you finding OnX to be more accurate or HuntStand to be more accurate? I can't tell a difference. Okay. Um, the hunt the, the hunt stand is cool because it shows you the property lines and trailheads and and you can find public properties that you know a lot that you didn't know was there and it just shows a lot more than like hunt stand but hunt stand works fine i used it for for a long time and it's free <laughs> right yeah see i was wondering how you did your trail cam marking because like if i put out like six trail cameras or five trail cams i'm like where did I put that fifth trail cam? You know, I can't keep track of five, you know? So you're running 70. I could see if you marked it on hunt stand or onyx, you know, and then, you know, you could kind of be like, okay, I'm going to go one through, you know, 70 and pull them for the year, you know, to, to get that, all that Intel. I mean, it, I mean, I couldn't imagine how long it takes you just to get your trail cams out at the beginning of the year. You know, it takes a long time. I won't have them all up through it'll take me through october and i like i don't run 70 myself it's between me and two other people i hunt with um i personally probably own about 40 but we all key because we all hunt together kind of as a little group we're all real it's a real tight circle all of our cameras have many padlocks that are all keyed the same so we if my buddy's close to my camera um or i know he's going to be close i'll pass him my card and he'll check it for me nice marked with that number or yeah like if i if I, if he tells me hey i'm going into the lower west i'd be like man you need to snag that lower west creek creek camera for me i'll give you a card and he's already got the key to the camera because all of our cameras are keyed the same and he'll check it for me Heck and yeah. you know that that may save me a two-mile walk if not further oh yeah if you're <laughs> right. going in there that's one thing we always say if you're going in to hunt that's the best time you can check your trail cameras you know Oh yeah. Then, I mean, it's, and it's been, um, same way with him or, or any of them. One of my buddies I hunt with, which is more like a brother to me, lives four hours away in Tennessee. And I have, you know, the keys to everything he owns that way. If I want to move something or whatever, um, there's zero issues. 
So I, I hope that helps y'all out. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's some stuff that we wanted to know because even I think I'll I think I'll do that with even the small number of trail cameras I have. Just it would be cool for to have that marked on a map because then if you did move it, you know you could you could make in the comments there. Uh, I hung this from October first uh, the thirty first. You know, no shooters or five shooters or you know whatever. You can make some comments. And then wherever you moved it, you can mark it again. So the last year, you can say, okay, I got all this intel, and now I have no shooters. But we can make that a lot easier if we just use Deer Lab, right? <laughs> yeah, and on, in Deer Lab, you, turn, you can turn your cameras on and off. Now, if you delete the camera, you lose all the information. So, But you can turn the cameras on and off, and, wanna, and they're gray on when they're turned off, and they're orange when they're turned on. Okay, I'm so, I'm super intrigued by the pics that you're sending me on Deer Lab. So I want to go into a very detailed description of how you've used Deer what Deer Lab is, how you've used it and how it's made, you know, made you more successful. I don't think that it's made me more successful yet. This is this will be my third season running it, but Deer Lab is basically an internet software for organizing and patterning deer off weather, moon, what have you. And how it does that is your date and your time have to be correct. So when you upload that picture on the deer lab off the date and the time, it automatically pulls up exactly what the weather was doing at that time. And it doesn't matter. You can upload old pictures from 1980 and it'll pull it up. Wow, and, it, and, it, and it's a cloud, and it, it makes things so organized because you can make um, big buck profiles, you can make hit lists, you can make deer that you watch, and it's just the way that it does it, it keeps everything so organized and in a cloud, and all your buddies, um, y'all can all get on it at the same time. You just have a username and a password, and so you log on, so everybody wants to know, like, well, how do you upload that many pictures? Uh, we got about, we got over a thousand pictures, I think, on Deer Lab, and two seasons. Um, and what it is is we all we all upload them from our homes, and then when we upload them, we can all see it from the convenience of our homes, because all it takes is a username and a password. Yeah, that's nice. So you can you can upload the pics, and then your buddy you know, who hasn't even pulled those trail cameras cards can see those pics with that username and password, you know, and get the same intel that you got without you guys having to send Snapchats or screenshots of the bucks or whatever, exactly. you know? Exactly, man. It just breaks it down so good um, as far as the wind, the barometric pressure, and it does this really cool thing called heat maps. So you click on a deer, say you want to kill Big Daddy Rabbit, and you've been trying to chase Big Daddy Rabbit for Is that one of your years. bucks' names? That's a solid no. That's a solid no. I'm gonna steal no. that. I'm stealing that. I needed to name a buck and I just named him. <laughs> you mind if I steal that? No, go ahead. All right. Big Daddy Big so, Daddy Rabbit on yeah, trail right. So so Big Daddy Rabbit shows up on a bunch of your cameras and you upload a bunch of pictures of him, but you can't remember which cameras he showed up on because you run so many. Well, you click on heat maps, and it 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 shows you in infrared which cameras 
they glow darker red on which cameras he shows up the most. And like, say you got two cameras that are fairly close together. It kind of, the heat map between each two cameras will kind of draw together. And that way you can kind of see, like, it just gives you a really good idea of which, which cameras he's hitting the most. Well, I guess after this one here, I'm going to have to buy some deer lab. And that, man, it's very affordable because they got, um, multiple packages like their unlimited package i think it's 408 dollars a season some people may think that's high but if you got you know like there's four four buddies that i do it with it's a hundred dollars a piece a season and um the the intel that you get off of it is amazing because so many people neglect their trail camera pictures they, they love to run them and they run and they love to get the pictures but that that's that's all it is to them and there's so much more that can be towed through the date and the time because of the weather especially if you're trying to chase a deer for years yeah what is there what is how many pictures is the unlimited just as many as you can put on there yeah so yep. what is there a like a lower amount yeah, of pictures there's like a, there's a lower amount of pictures and a lower amount of cameras and a lower amount of properties, but we got the unlimited one because we knew we was going to be running a bunch of cameras and a couple of different properties, and we didn't want to run into any issues. Yeah, I don't blame you there. You guys definitely need the unlimited, but for yeah. someone like us, you know, that might be running eight trail cams or so, six trail cams, you could probably get a cheaper version of it and still yep. get all the benefits. Absolutely. Yeah, they. I know they got one package that's like, one farm and 10 cameras it's something like that or two farms and 10 cameras i'm not for sure because i haven't looked at it but man deer lab will not work if you don't do it every year because it works off past history and i don't care what kind of camera you got whether you run a cell camera or a, a just a regular digital camera it's already in the past it's mm. past tense yeah so that's how that's how deer, deer lab works so the longer you run deer lab the better you're going to be able to pattern deer and to see deer movement whether it's a specific deer or multiple deer does that make sense yeah definitely so one thing we hear a lot of people talk about on this podcast but they never really cover a lot is you said that it covers the moon phase so just on kind of your your deer lab history what has been the best moon phase in kentucky for for buck movement I don't look at it because I don't believe in it. <laughs> we hear that a lot, man. We hear either they don't look at it or they believe it 100%. And I'm kind of no, on the fence man. of whether I believe it or not. Uh, do, do your hardcore research with scientists, and there's just no there's no correlation, really. I mean, there's not um, from everything I've gathered. You know, I feel like on a darker moon, I may see m more deer in the mornings or just better deer in general, but actual moon phase as far as deer movement uh, i just i'm not really into it man it doesn't mean crap to me um you know i think it, i know it has to do with with the does coming into to estrus i do believe in that but as far as the way they move and which moons they move on and the red moon uh, you ain't gonna sell that to this old boy <laughs> right yeah i uh i the reason i don't really believe in it is because i don't understand it <laughs> it's hard for I'm me it's hard for me to believe or to take someone's you know info or something when i have no understanding of any of it you know what i mean that's like someone saying oh yeah it's tuesday deer moving good on tuesday you know i don't it just 
it doesn't make sense to me, you, you know. You want to know you want to know what makes sense and you can either take this with a grain of salt or you can take this and run with it. Weather trumps everything when it comes to deer movement. Weather has trumps everything. Yeah. If you want to if you want to figure out how your deer are moving, pay attention to the weather and I just forget about the moon. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think weather and wind, I mean the wind direction plays a huge role then and, and then weather is yeah i think even the jury say you know weather trumps moon and then they, they want to talk about and a, and a lot of other people want to talk about you know overhead and underfoot and then after that they i'm lost no and to a guy like me i gotta hunt anyways because i have very limited time to hunt so that's what i'm what saying the, what the moon is or really what the weather is doing i'm probably going to be out there yeah, I feel you there, man. Like, I got a decent wind. Uh, this is, you know, I got two days to get it done. I'm going in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yep. like I'm not going to go hunt or I'm not going to hunt, a different, you know, because it's a full moon or I'm not going to hunt because it's a new moon. I'm just going to go hunt when I got time just like you or I got the right wind or the right weather, like you said. So, Well, I'd, just just say, just say you got this red moon that everybody talks about the moon god. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know when the red moon falls because I don't care about it. But well, it's all up to moon, the farmers, ain't it? <laughs> I have no idea. If, <laughs> if the red moon falls, if the blood moon falls, and it is unseasonably warm and just humidity is high, uh, might as well <laughs> sink that moon. Um, it's it's just weather to me. That's that's what I care about is the weather is weather patterns you know can't beat a good code front bottom line so so what about wind direction have you noticed anything off deer lab where oh yeah uh, where the deer are moving more in a certain wind direction and does it is it more by direction or more by like with the location with the draws and stuff where they're moving i think it's more by direction versus draws or wind speed i'm not big on wind speed neither um some people say that they won't hunt high winds or deer don't move in high winds and i'm just going to tell you that they do and this is my personal opinion and the reason why nobody sees deer nobody see deer in high winds is because they normally don't sit in it so i see a lot of deer like the deer i was trying to kill there was a couple cameras on and it deer lab breaks it into a percentage pie graph so he'll be like on the lower east camera on a south wind he was on this camera 40 percent so it gives you a really good idea you know if the wind's blowing in a certain direction that you need to be around that camera so you're really got to pay attention to that um and that's that's how it breaks it down but as actual wind direction yes i've seen a deer move you know um their number one goal in life is to survive and the best way they do that is their nose. And the way they use their nose is with the wind. For sure. That's like a buck I was hunting last year. Uh, no trail cam picks. I won't hunt, won't hunt. You know, south wind, south wind, boom, shows up on a south wind. I can only hunt it on northwest, only shows up on a south wind. Like he knows, he knows he's safe cruising there, you know, and that just shows you that he – you know, he, I don't know if he has smelled me before, you know, and I'm not known it, but he'll only show up on a south wind, you know, and then that's one of those times where 
you know, you get a south, a southwest or a southeast where you might be able to cut them off, you know, just that edge. Do you go in there after them or do you play it safe, you know, so. And see, the thing I've noticed, you know, the biggest buck that i seen last year come out of the woods with the wind to his back. And but it was 35, 30 mile an hour winds all day, you know. And he comes out of the woods behind a doe, pre rut, and wind at his back. Man, the the wind will make them do, or the rut will make them do funny things. But that wind may not have been hitting him like you think it was. I mean, you got to think about you know wind tunnels and thermals. There's a, there's a lot that comes into it that a lot of people. Don't put a lot of yeah. I, guess. I mean, he really come through a pretty deep draw, and it kind of flattens out, and then went to where he come out in the field was kind of a bowl, like it just kind of rolls down into this little finger, and you know the point of it is just down deep in the field. So it it probably just like you said, it probably wasn't hitting him as hard as it was hitting me up on top of the field. And man, he could have just had you know it's that time of year and. Uh, that's what I've always called the Vegas luck, and he may not have cared what he, which way his wind was blowing because what he wanted was right in front of him and nothing else mattered at that time. Yep, he come, he come right out of the woods. Um, I seen the doe first, obviously, and then he come out, hit a scrape, and turned and, and found her, and then he was locked on her, and then they went down in that bowl, and it was – never seen either of them again. <laughs> See ya. And – Deer do things sometimes that I don't care if you're the most seasoned hunter that's done a thousand podcasts or have ten booners on the wall. Deer do things sometimes to us that just make no sense. You just you just don't know why they done it. They just done it. Yeah, we we've all been there where you think you got a buck figured out, and then you're like, man, he's a mile away. What you know? What is he doing over here? And we hear that story a lot, like this buck is not supposed to be here. You know, it's supposed to be a mile away on this, on this property and boom, here he is, you know, or it just, like you said, they get tied up on a doe or they're, they're looking for the new, a, a, you know, new hot doe and they just kind of come out of their territory and find a new spot and you, you can't pattern. That's why, like you said, the Vegas rut, I mean, or the Vegas luck, it's because you never know what them, you know, you might get a brand new buck or a, a buck that's been nocturnal for you know three months, you might you might you know scroll in during the daylight. So, right, right, I agree, I agree. Well, let's let's get back into these trail cameras. Uh, that's what we really wanted to touch on here. Um, let's get back and let's cover some tips that uh, you can save on the battery life for them. Oh man, there's well, number one. I'm going to tell you to run lithium. Because you put them in at the beginning of the season and you forget about them until you take them out when you put them away for the end of the year. Um, if you're like me uh, and you do and you do run a lot of cameras, those lithium batteries are like 33, 30% lighter than an alkaline battery. So if you got several cameras in your pack and you got a long walk, I mean, you're saving weight just on on lithiums and uh so that's that's what i'm going to tell you is to run lithiums and uh, a lithium battery stays at almost 1.7 volts 
till it goes dead. And an alkaline battery is 1.6 volts, but as soon as you hit it with a load, it goes to 1.5 volts as soon as you turn your camera on. So it's already dropping voltage. It's already losing battery life. And it hadn't even taken a picture. Um, and really, a lot of people don't believe this, but when your cameras, if you're running alkalines and they get around half, half battery life, you really need to change your batteries because you're losing performance. Your trigger speed slows down, your detection zone shrinkens, your, your IR, your flash range isn't as good. And eventually your batteries will get so low that your camera will quit working or it, it will only take daytime pictures. So ways to get better battery life is do not run shot burst. If, if you're worried about your battery life and you can't get to your camera very often, don't put it on a high shot burst. Um, put it on like a one shot burst. That's because it's not taking near as many pictures. And another thing is that a lot of people don't realize is you can lower your megapixel setting and it will actually save on your battery life. Like those Exodus, they go down to like two or three megapixel. And if you know you're not going to check your camera for months, you can drop it and you still get a good picture. And you definitely got to clear the debris out in front of these cameras because anything makes them, you know, they're sensitive. The heat will set them off, you know, like the sun will set them off, the twigs will set them off. So I always try to make sure that my camera's got a clear line of sight. And I always try to make sure that my cameras are either facing north or south. And I say that because your sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. If you point your cameras those directions, you're probably going to get a bunch of false pictures of the sun. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going out and you're like, man, I got 100 pictures. <laughs> and you got 97 of twigs and three possums. <laughs> I yeah, haven't been and, smoked by a twig yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and main, and you know all my most all my cameras are, you know, depends on where they are, but if they're on a trail, they're on a five shot burst every three seconds. If you're worried about battery life, put it on a, you know, a three shot burst every minute, or a two shot burst every minute, or a one shot burst every minute. Anything you can do to make that camera take less pictures is going to save your battery life. But if you're like me and you want to hit him from every angle. It's not an option. Um, buy lithiums or change your batteries at 60, 50 or 60%. Uh, lithiums, do they, they perform better in cold weather too, correct? Yeah, an alkaline is a water, water-based water solution. So obviously, not pro- it may not mess with them too much around where I live, but you start going up north, you know, they get sluggish. And a lithium... It's not a water-based solution, and they go, they're go they good from like 140 degrees to like negative 40. So, I mean, it, it, gets, just a, it gets negative 20 in the negative 20s up here sometimes, you know, and your trail camera's out there rocking it, so. Well, no, nobody wants the the up cut, the, the upfront cost of lithiums because they're a lot more expensive, but they'll buy, they'll change those other cameras three or four times a season. You in the long run, you save money, you save time, you save the headache, and your camera performs better with lithium batteries, hands down. Yeah, hands one thing down. I will say is if you go, like if you go to buy your, you buy them on eBay, you can buy huge packs and get a, a really good deal. You know, you can buy a box of them and get a really I good a, deal. 
I bought a hundred of them off eBay and I don't remember what I paid for them, but that's how I bought a brick and Sam's Sam's club off, offers a really good um, price on them for like 50. I don't remember what the price is, but that if you want to save money, eBay or Sam's club. So I just got um, two 12 packs at Walmart last weekend. Cause I knew I was, I was getting the two new Exodus and then I already have my two Brownings. So I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, at least three of them powered up and I don't have to worry about them. And then we'll, we'll figure out the next one when it, when it comes around. But I bought two of them. I think it was, um, 1384 for 12 batteries. So it was, it was you know, plus tax. It was, it was around 30 bucks for, for 24 batteries. Right. But you don't go to change them. But yeah, I, I just put put eight batteries in a in a camera, and I ain't got to worry about it for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's worth not having to worry about it. You know, it seems like a lot up front, like you're saying, but if you buy even buy the cheap batteries and you got to change them twice or three times, then you got all that activity in there changing batteries. Then if you you know the battery dies because you got seven hundred pictures of a twig. You know, and then you got no pictures of a deer. You done lost all that intel. When if you did accidentally get, you know, the pictures of a twig, and then the the you had alk or you had the lithium in there, then you'd still have enough power to power them picks for when a you know a buck did come by. You know, so like you said, I think lithium is the way to go only because you the, there's some there's something that's said about not worrying about your gear's performance. You know. And, like, if you got an Exodus camera, you know that thing's going to perform. If you put lithium batteries in it, you know that it's going to perform, you know. There's nothing worse than saying, man, I don't know if those batteries are dead or not. You know, I better go in there and check it. It's been three weeks, you know. So. I think I think well, to a point people look for an excuse to go in to check their trail cams, you know, like, yeah, you know, maybe I need to look at the batteries or, you know, or whatever. And then they're just in there just messing it up, you know, like it's a really good spot. And then they just have to, they feel like they have to go in there and check it. And, you know, you know, that maybe they, they feel like they don't have a big enough SD card or, you know, that they didn't get the lithium batteries, you know, like just, I'm telling you, just do the best you can up front to where you don't have to go in there as often as you think you need to, because the longer you let it soak, the better your hunting is going to be. I agree, man. You, you got to let them bake and. I put in a lot of cameras where people say that I shouldn't and I'm okay with that because I wait for a good win. I go in and either I will check them once or twice a season and that's it. Um, all of my cameras on the, on the main WMA I hunt with have been out at least six weeks and I haven't checked any of them and they're all running lithium batteries. I'm going to check some Sunday, but I know I won't check them all. Um, and I'm, I'm not worried about anything. Yeah, because. I was watching your Instagram, and you talk about those pants, dude. Those pants are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've really got turned on to the direct customer to consumer. Um, the quality of gear that you get, I know this is a, like off subject, but it's worth talking about. Like Kuyu, you know, you can only buy from directly from them, just like Exodus, and all that money that that gets in the markup which is like 40 percent i mean they can basically you can get a better they build a better product at a cheaper price because there's no middleman and there's no markup 
And those pants I check my trail cameras in are four-way stretch. They got built-in knee pads that are very lightweight, and I can get around in them good because I'm on my knees a lot when I check my cameras. And I got this really cool thing called um, hip dumps. So on the on the side of of your hips, you unzip them and it's got a mesh. It's almost like air conditioning for your legs. Yeah, I'd it's seen awesome. that man. That was sweet. Plus, you got the knee pads, and then you got the 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 aeration up there. So if you are hiking back deep in in public, hanging stands or checking trail cameras, I think those are some sweet. And they look like you said they were super high quality, and it looked like they were you know they were tough. You know, they look like they can hold up to some briars and stuff when you're walking through. They're the best, man. In my opinion, um, they're not gonna hold up the briars like I said a car hearts are. But I'm literally out there, and I feel like I'm in a set of pajama pants with an air conditioner, and I'm running around. <laughs> Heck yeah, you can't beat that, especially you know what this I mean? time of year when it's 90 degrees when you're checking trail cameras and stuff, you know? Oh, I mean, I take off up that first hill out there, and I start to get hot, and I unzip them hip dumps, and it's like instant gratification. Like, oh, man, that's why I bought these. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's got some big hills, too. I can't imagine what you guys' public's like. I mean, we got... We got some draws and stuff, but nothing like like you no, guys got. No, that's that's beyond us. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's in a nutshell. The pants I wear uh, cool you alpines when I check my cameras. That's what they are. They're like a hundred and thirty bucks, I think. Um, they offer like a lifetime warranty on the zippers, and um, they're just they're just a great pant, man. Heck yeah! Well, let's get back into trail cameras. We I had I had to touch on those pants because I see them <laughs> on your Instagram. I was like, man, I gotta get some more intel on these because these are sweet. But you kind of touched on it earlier, but I was just kind of wondering what you have decided is the best SD card to run on the Exodus um, size. And then I know there's there's different formats for the SD card, so you could go into that a little bit. Okay. Um... I come across a really good deal. Um, I at least all my cards are at least 16 gig because I try to run all my cameras on 12 megapixel. And I don't check them for a long time. So I like a big card, but all my cards are at least 16 gig and, and probably over half of them are 32 gig. And I think I can get like 5,000 pictures. I don't, I don't even remember. It's a bunch. I've never filled my SD cards up. And the, the cool thing is, for people that hunt out of state and really can't check their cameras, Exodus actually holds a 64 gig card. I know the Lift 2 does. Wow. So, 64 yeah, gigs, I mean, man. That's like three years <laughs> <laughs> for me. I know. I know. I know. But uh, there's different classes, and I don't know a lot about them. You know, I, I just done a little bit of research in them. Class 10 is your fastest card, and like class 2 is your slowest card. I try to at least have a class four card, but most of mine are, I have some class four, but most of mine are, are I think class six and class 10 and class 10 is the fastest. Um, the main thing I've noticed, they, they load up on my computer really fast. Like we've all had a couple thousand pictures and we click on our computer and it's just like, man, major jet lag here, major lag on the pictures loading. With that, with that class 10 card or that class 6 card, they load real fast. And also, if you're wanting like a 
really want a true full HD video or HD picture, you need a higher class card because if you think that you bought a true camera that's HD and it's 30 megapixels and it's going to take this bad to the bone picture and you put this Dollar General Store Class 2 card in it, you just defeated the purpose. Because yeah. it's not, the, the card won't, it won't, won't per, hold that quality of picture. Yeah, it, it won't. So at least a Class 4 card, Class 10 is the best. Most of mine are between Class um, 4 and Class 10. Most of them are Class 10. And I bought them off eBay. And I got a really good deal on them, and that's that's why, you know, I I think I have about seventy or eighty SD cards, and probably fifty of them are Class Ten SanDisk thirty-two gig cards. Dang man, <laughs> SanDisk. Okay, what 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 are you running, Cody? SanDisk. Yeah. SanDisk. Okay. Well, I, I got get... a couple of the Moultrie cards just because I run them in the Moultrie cams, and it's just easier because right. they're like they they throw that card error. Um, thing which I'm not sure how to fix. It's something with the format, so I just I do <laughs> throw it in the trash can and find Exodus. <laughs> Good plan, man. Good plan. Nice. Good plan. Yeah, I I feel you there. I'm gonna see how homies uh homies perform. I'm sure they perform top notch, and then I'll, I'll probably be buying a couple. But so as as we've mentioned, you know, I got the two Exodus cams I'm gonna put out. Um, I got the lithium batteries I'm gonna put in it, and then. Previously on my truck cams, I run the PNY um, 32 gig micro SD with the adapter in there. And, um, you know, like we've mentioned way back when we started this deal, um, you know, I take out the micro SD, I put in my old Android phone, and I just put all my truck cam pics right on my old phone. And I'm usually doing that when I'm going on on the way to the stand to hunt. So then I, you know, hop up in the stand and then I got that 20 minute buffer you know, half hour buffer before daylight, you know, I'm, I'm just swiping through picks. So I've been running the PNY. I get it at Walmart. I think a 32 gig card is uh, about $14. And, uh, you know, it's got the micro SD and, um, I've been running that with the Brownings the last two years and it, it's turned out really good. So I'm, I'm gonna put two of them in the Exodus and, uh, see how that turns out. Sweet. Just because that's how, like I, that's how I check my truck cams with a micro SD. I, I mean, I can go get a SanDisk, you know, um, you know, a thirty-two gig card, but that's then I got to get a laptop involved or have to get multiple cards, like you're talking about, Josh. You know, you got your your tackle box full of cards. Um, I just feel like with the micro SD, that fits the way that I want to check my truck cams. So when you do that. What are you What are you getting out of your trail cameras? Like you check them, and they're on your phone, and that's just pretty much what it is. Yeah. So what I, yep. So what I can do is I can go there and um, I can pull that micro SD, plug it right into the back of my phone, and unload you know 800 pictures in about a minute and a half, and then that card is clear again. I plug it back into the adapter and right back into my trail cam, and away I go. You know, whether it's to my stand or whether it's back to the truck and out of the farm, whether I'm just checking it or if I'm going in there to hunt. And something I want to tell you all about is it like if, like you in your situation, if you more or less just got the pictures on your phone and you're not doing a lot with them and uh-huh. let's just say you don't have money for Deer Lab and I, I get it, man, money's tight and um, sometimes it's just, you know, pro- other priorities come in. I think it's Wonderground has the website. Or you could Google it, but 
I'm pretty sure Wonderground has a website. Say, homie, you get on your phone and you're the buck you've been chasing. You got several daylight pictures of him, whether it's whatever camera it's on. You can get on, I think it's Wonderground. Don't hold me to it, but you may be able to Google and find a similar site. And you can type in the location, the date, and the time, and it'll give you the weather just like Deer Lab would. Um, uh, weather Underground is is the one I've heard. Okay. Well, then maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, I've just, I've, I've, I've used it, but it's been a long, it's been four years ago or longer. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, just like you're, you know, yeah. A lot of people just get a picture, you know, they don't do anything about it. And, um, you have to know about Deer Lab before you can access Deer Lab. And, and I haven't known about it until talking to you. And, um, I mean, you can't do anything more than, than what you know about. And I actually use Weather Underground because I shot a deer this past October, and uh, I wanted to tell the story on this podcast. And um, when I found him, I found him in March, and uh, I went back to be able to, you know, fill in the blanks about this story of, of me shooting this deer. And I went back and used Weather Underground to pull that data and was like, you know, hey, it was 47 degrees. The barometric pressure was rising in the evening. And, you know, just, you know, laid it out that way. So I have used it and I did know about Weather Underground, but until I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, I didn't, I did not know anything about Deer Lab. Deer, Deer Lab is a great product, but it's a lot of work. So you really got to want it. Um, like me, I feel like I kind of, I would neglect my family if I stayed out all day. Um, and then I come home and I upload and I looked at my pictures and I saved them on my computer and then I upload them, uploaded them to my deer lab. It's, it's a lot of work. I'll be honest with you. It's a lot of work and it takes some time, but, um, your season is going to reflect your scouting and you're going, you're only going to get back what you put in. So, you know, I'll come home and I won't do anything. And, um, I'll just wake up before my family does and, and do it. You know, it may take me a couple of days to get it in, but I get it in or I will stay up late after they go to bed. Um, just because I feel like going the distance is going to make the difference. Yeah, for sure. That Intel that you get is, is crucial for, for hunting public ground on the time strengths that you have, you know what I mean? For only being able yeah. to hunt the limited time that you do, and still be able to get it done. I think the deer lab is and running that many trail cams essential for the way that you hunt. Deer lab is so organized and you, you really realize the information that you can get out of a trail camera. It is worth every penny and it is worth every hour. And I've spent on this couch uploading pictures. For sure. So let's, let's get into a couple more things about the trail, about the the exodus before we uh cut this off uh let's talk about the flash range and uh and uh go over that um let's talk about the infrared flash range is all the exodus infrared uh yes yeah they are and um i'm not sure on the list how many leds it has but it's more than a trek. The trek has 55 or 50, 50 LEDs. Okay. 
and and the lift has more so you're going to get a longer flash range out of the lift or out of any camera that has more leds but what i try to do is my cameras that have the big flash ranges i'll I'll put them on my field edges because that's where you're going to need them if you're up in the woods and you're and you're in there where the deer tight you don't need a lot of um you don't need a lot of leds because what happens is if if you get a camera in the woods and some tight some um a tight area and everybody's done it it takes a picture of that deer and at night everything looks white y'all have done that right like man that's white blurred everything out what's happening is those led that flash is bouncing off everything around it all the trees the briars so the cameras like my lift twos i'll put them where there's nothing for it to bounce off of like a field edge um that's where you're going to need your your little better detection zone and your cameras with less leds man just put them in tight quarters um and you're going to get the same performance as you would with a camera that had less LEDs. That's a good tip, man, because I get a lot of those pics that are like that where you're like, man, why is this like almost white? This son of a bitch is going to heaven, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's just glaring, you know, the pic's just glaring, and you're like, man, this thing, but that makes sense how that infrared's reflecting. Yeah, it's it's bouncing back off everything because there's, you hardly ever get a whiteout picture if the deer's in the wide open field and he's 15 foot in front of the camera, but if he's 15 foot in a thicket, there's multiple times with any camera you run where you got a whiteout, and that's why. I see. Yeah, that's a super good tip because I get those a lot. That's something I didn't know. That's something I have to think about is running, running those lower, um, those lower. Uh, put your lower end in the woods. Yeah, put you know? lower end in the woods and the yeah, higher end the higher, on, the, yep. on the edges. Man, put them in the put them in the thickets and just leave them alone. <laughs> or, you know, you, you got to know where your deer are bedding. But I'll tell you this: if a rabbit likes it, a deer loves it. I don't care if it's public or private yeah. land. And and a lot of that reason is because, especially on public land, is because it, everybody when they hunt, they set themselves up to see. In my opinion, when they're bow hunting, they act like they're gun hunting, and they just it's like I'm like, man, why are you sitting there? You know, put your put yourself in position to kill the deer and then them thickets a lot of times you when you're sitting in a tree you can't see anything and you don't see much of anything but when you do see something it's it's a nice buck or it's the one you have it's the one you're after or sometimes when you're in a thicket like this particular area that i'm gonna hunt and knock on wood i i got a feeling i may knock one down in there and it's so thick i'm going to ground and pound it i'm going to sit on the ground and i I bet nobody never hunts it because there's nowhere for a tree. You can't see. And um, I'm going to have to be on top of my game because when that deer comes up, comes in there, it's going to be time to shoot. And when he comes up in there, he's not going to have time to know what's going on because I plan on hitting that pump station disconnect on him. Come on. (laughs) Well, I mean, you just nailed it on the head there um, to why my first seven, eight years of bow hunting – I didn't have very much success because I was treating it as I was gun hunting. And I think a lot of, you know, new people try to treat it that way. 
but your season is so much longer. You get to experience deer all throughout the fall in the different stages of, you know, the rut. You get the pre-rut. You get them out of, you know, just ex- exiting summer patterns. You get them in that in, in that rut, and then you get them in the second rut, and then you get them hitting the late food source in the winter, you know. So, you know, I think that's a good thing you hit on there. Yeah, and, man, there's a there was a big bell curve for me hunting. When I started hunting this public ground, I didn't kill a deer for a long time. And I think that's the problem with a lot of the way the hunting industry is going today, and I hate it. It's like everybody wants to talk about killing big deer, and they want to kill big deer, and they know everything about it. But when you go to look at their wall, there ain't no big deer. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And the guy's cocky, and there's just the deer's not there. Man, get some deer underneath your belt. It takes some time, and it took me some time. Like, I'm sitting here right now. I see several deer that don't score Pope and Young, and it don't bother me one bit because it was more about the experience than the hunt, and I've learned and brought home so much with that. Yeah, I mean, get out there and and hunt. That's the best way to learn. I mean, you can listen to podcasts and and watch videos and get ideas, but you got to go out there and figure out what works for your property what works for your area, you know, what the deer are like and how you want to hunt. Like you said, if you, you'd, you're, you chose to hunt off the ground now this year and we've had multiple people. And like, if you, if you see like, that's like a taboo thing to do, hunt off the ground now. Like it's just back in the day, that's what everybody did. But now it's like, it's not what people do. But we've had multiple people come on this podcast and talk about bucks that they've shot off the ground and they're just not even expecting, you know, bucks aren't even expecting you to be there because there's no stand. You walked in there, you know, I'm going to sit up here and then boom, you, like you said, you surprise him and he has no clue that you're even there because he's so used to, you know, human sense, someone hanging a stand, coming in, making a move on him and you're boom, you're there, you know. So I think that's an awesome idea, and I bet you with your trail cameras and and you going in there, you know, and hunting off the ground, I I bet you will be successful. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I would bet on it. But I mean, you you kind of touch on it a little bit. We kind of just skirted around the edges a little bit. I mean, you got to get some kills underneath your belt, and there's no shame in that. There's no shame if you're killing a hundred and twenty inch to two year old. I don't care who you are, where you're from. And the majority of the United States are doing better than than a lot of people. So don't be don't be ashamed of it. Because I mean you still gotta learn how to hunt these deer. You still gotta learn what to do when they show up. Um you gotta be prepared for killing these deer when they get there. And you you're not gonna do that if if you haven't killed them. And I've seen this so many times. Somebody will will pass a buck and talk about it because of what everybody else is killing, but it was their biggest buck. And I'm like, you just passed your biggest buck. Yep. I've been, I've been in the tree stand and someone has done that with me. And I'm like, why, you know, because at the end of the day, really nobody cares what you kill. They may say something, but a week later, nobody knows. Nobody cares. It's, experience you bring home and the information that you get for it that is what matters you're not out there hunting for what other people think of you you're out there doing it for yourself yeah it's like i said on this podcast before i don't know like how many four good horns and six pointers and 
basket racks I've shot, you know, I mean, just a ton because I've been hunting, you know, since I was a young kid. And if I didn't have all them deer under my belt, when a big deer came in now, I wouldn't be as prepared, you know, as it was. So I think like what you're saying is get out there and don't be afraid to shoot, uh, you know, a, a smaller buck if that's what you're happy with because you're still learning you're still gaining from the experience and there's always next year you know there's always okay so next year i'm going to shoot for a little bit bigger buck you know and and i think like what you're saying is some people see the tv or they listen to podcasts and and they're they're saying well if it's not a 140 or a or a five and a half year old don't shoot it well i mean i think if you if if you haven't shot a buck yet, you go out there and shoot the first deer with horns. You know what I mean? With antlers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And, yeah, and get it done, and then and then grow from there. You know, okay, now you got three, four bucks down. Do you want to go for something bigger? Cool. A basket rack eight comes in, biggest deer you shot. Shoot, shoot that deer. Learn from it and go on. You know, and and just like you were saying, everybody's got to hunt their own style and learn from it. And if if, if it takes you six small bucks to get to where you want to shoot a big one, that's the way you're hunting, you know, just like you're saying. You need to go out there and just do you the best you can and and, and have fun. And like you said, no one really cares about what you shoot. I mean, unless you post right. it on social media, then you're going to get 95 d-bags telling you that they wouldn't have shot that deer well you know? they they forget about that 20 minutes later don't let don't let somebody else set your own goals don't let somebody else dictate what you do and don't let somebody else steal the experience away from you um i see so many hunters bashing hunters today guys we got PETA for that yeah stick together sure, right. it doesn't it doesn't matter you got to stick together yeah, we've, we've already had picks turned in for having animal cruelty and stuff on them. You know, I mean, we got PETA for that. We don't need other hunters on there, but we're uh, That's right. we're getting up to the the hour mark here, and we can't we can't thank you enough to come on. But I just want to ask: Is there anything else that you want to cover before before we cut this this episode off? Man. I've you know we've we've done two and i feel like we've covered a lot and my mind's went a thousand different places <laughs> i've drunk a little adult a couple adult beverages in between <laughs> that always helps so, on this podcast <laughs> you're right you know and i i really don't even drink but i, I want to touch on something real quick that i've personally never heard in a podcast and <clears throat> i think that a lot of people they just do it wrong. I think they, I think they put hunting before they, before they put a lot of other things. And just want to give a shout out to my wife because we was out here talking tonight. She was just telling me how much she believed in me, and she was, you know, we were just talking like about God and family, and and that's really where it should start is 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 God and and the family, and the, and the hunting should come behind after that. And I just I see that so much. Um, so many people put these deer and what other people think and these cameras and uh, none of that matters. Uh, none, none of that is more important than your family. Um, if you, if you put your hunting before your family, you're looking at it wrong. And if, and if you got kids and I hear this all the time, 
and you're telling your wife, well, I hunted before we got married and we had kids, so I'm going to continue hunting. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, she changed her whole life for this. And you should not be selfish enough to think that you shouldn't contribute to do some changes as well. So, yeah, we, just, uh, we'll, we'll end it on that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to say, man. Like, like we tell people all the time, we, we both got kids, you know, and we're doing this just cause we love it. And we can't thank our wives enough for letting us do this because they're, they're the one that makes this happen. You know, the listeners, the people that come on and our wives, cause there's the ones watching the kids and letting us come out here and, and talk to people and produce this for people. Uh, and just like you're saying, I mean, kids, there's, I mean, there's, there's people out there that don't have kids and they don't understand the time for work and kids and family. And uh, there's a lot of people that can relate to that. So I think that was a perfect thing for you to say to end this, to end this episode. Uh, we we yeah, do that a lot, man. Shout out to the wives out there. If you're a hunting wife and you're listening to this podcast or you're a husband, just say, hey, babe, man, thanks for letting me hunt so much. I mean, I think thank you for, you know, supporting my passion and uh, and letting me go out there and chase these critters, you know. I think that's a perfect way to end this. Yeah, man, I agree, man. You're a uh, God and your family should come before hunting. But bottom line, um, you want to be successful put those two things first yeah that's for sure man well josh uh class act man i can't thank you enough for coming on twice with us but i knew there was a ton that we wanted to cover i think you did a a stellar job uh i can't wait to see what you got in store for the next years of uh of intel because i i think i think you uh you're you're gonna go far in this in this trail camera um, Intel game. So, uh, hopefully we can touch base with you, uh, again, you know, in the future and, and hit on any new knowledge that you've learned. And, uh, we can't thank you enough for coming here and, and instilling some, some information and spending time with us and, uh, and creating a friendship with, with the podcast and, and with me and, and homie. Yeah, man. And, you know, like I said, it was an honor. I, I enjoyed it. I love, you know, I'm literally sitting up in here walking around in circles in my man cave looking at all <laughs> talking to you guys. And I've had a blast. And it's going on, what, like a, after 11? Yeah, Somewhere yeah. I haven't looked at my phone. Yeah. It's getting late. Well, we just, got burned an hour, we just burned an hour and four minutes, and I was like, holy smokes, we're at an hour and four <laughs> minutes. Like, Because, I mean, we, we're just flowing, man. You're just ripping it out. So it went good. And it's it's a, it's a good time, man, and I appreciate y'all guys having me on. And, um I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right, man. Uh, we'll let you get to bed. Uh, thanks again for spending this late night with us again, and uh, we we appreciate you. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. Catch you later. See you. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, 
As I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.